Welcome to Grace on the Go. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. This episode is a sermon from Sunday, September 25th, 2022 called, called by name, Moses, given by Pastor Chris Simmons. The scripture passage highlighted for today's sermon comes from the book of Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Well, good morning again, everybody. Yes, ah, thank you. I just like to hear good morning, so I guess I say it all the time. Um, as we continue again with the ser- this sermon series, right, called by name and particular characters of the Bible, we started a few weeks ago with Abraham, and then we went to Jacob. And as we kind of go through the Old Testament from Jacob, we're now going to jump all the way to Moses. And to kind of give you the context of what's happening here, as we go through our sermon, you're going to hear a lot of like call and response. Meaning God's people will call out and God will respond. Uh, Moses will start a conversation with God, have an interaction saying, but, and God will say, I am with you. And he'll say, still, but yet again. And God will say, I've got you covered. Just trust me. And to give you a bit of the context, especially this first point, right? In this first point, it's called, we call out and God responds. So to go in Exodus chapter 2, let's actually, let me rewind way back to Genesis, right? So Jacob had just went to Egypt um, because there was Joseph and they needed, a, uh, they were having a famine back in Cana. So they go all the way over to Egypt. They live there and they begin to reproduce. They have a lot of Hebrews. A lot of Israelites start being there and the pharaohs are happy to have them because they're so glad of what Joseph did for the whole country and the kingdom of Egypt at that time. Saved them from famine and many years of plenty as we hear in the dream. But eventually... Joseph dies, and the Hebrew people, they stay there, and they continue to grow and grow and grow. And the pharaohs forget about what Joseph did, and they said, hey, uh, these Israelites, they're growing like crazy. We got to control this, so let's enslave them, because that's the answer, I guess. So they enslave them, and they do all their slave labor, but they're still growing, and they're still producing. And the, the Egyptians again say, okay, well, here's what we have to do next. They're growing again too much. When a, when a Hebrew baby is born, if it's a baby boy, we command for it to be thrown in the Nile. Kill all the boys, and the girls are allowed to live. So at the end of this, in Exodus chapter 2, we hear God's people crying out to him. And he says, in Exodus 2, the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. That's right at the end of that chapter. So the Hebrew babies, again, I mentioned, the boys are being killed. So what happens is Moses, if you don't know, watch Prince of Egypt if you want the whole thing. It's a good movie. Um, I have the soundtrack now, by the way, because I was feeling it. And the Moses gets placed into a basket, and he gets pushed off down the river. And the Pharaoh's daughter finds him, takes him in, raises him in the palace. He goes out, and one day he sees an Egyptian oppressing uh, an Israelite. And he says, those are my people. I will bring justice. I will stop this. And kills the Egyptian. A little extreme. And it's so extreme, in fact, that he goes, wow, um, I'm in trouble. I need to bail. So he leaves the kingdom of Egypt at that time, that surrounding area, and goes off into another land. And in that land, you know, he, he finds a wife, marries her. There's a lot of nice things that happen there, yay. Um, but he becomes a shepherd for the course of 40 years. 40 years a shepherd away from Egypt. And it's on his ordinary day, doing his normal shepherd thing, that he's out and God catches his attention. And you know with what? <laughs> the burning bush! 
Exactly. Thank you for answering. The burning bush. And wouldn't a burning bush catch your attention, if not immediately, to like save your house? Right? A burning bush would catch my attention. And Moses says, hey, a fire is not destroying that bush. I'm interested. I want to go and see. So God catches his attention again with a burning bush. Place something for Moses to notice. And the angel of the Lord through the bush says, hey, Moses, Moses, guess what? I've heard the cry of my people. So I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. So to put that all together, God hears a need and God responds. In this case, God hears the need of his Israelite people in slavery, captivity, being oppressed, and he responds by sending Moses. And this is an important point because oftentimes we see a need as people and we say, you know what? Someone really ought to take care of that. We see a need and someone ought to take care of that. Imagine you come home and your faucet is running in your kitchen sink and your kitchen sink is overflowing. Would you sit there and just cross your hands and go, you know what? Someone really ought to take care of that. Or would you just kind of for a moment say, wow, I'm glad God brought, I'm glad I came home early and God must have called me to come home because that, that is flooding. I need to go and turn off the faucet. Imagine for a moment that you're driving a vehicle and that vehicle, there's a little yellow light that turns on. It looks like a gas pump. Maybe your kids borrowed the car yesterday. Imagine that. And that little gas pump tells you, you need gasoline in your car, right? You are running on empty. Would you look at that and go, hmm, someone really ought to take care of that. Maybe you do, and you leave it for your spouse to take care of one day when they get into the car. That's never happened to me before. And it's never happened the other way before. <laughs> Let me be clear. Shame on me. No, shame on me for sure. Um, no, you would go and get gas, right? You would say, I need to take care of that. Rather than someone else ought to take care of it. You read an article in a newspaper. Food pantry needs food. That's a shame. Someone else really ought to take care of that. Imagine for a second, because it's not this church in this particular issue, but this kind of happens in churches often. You see a need. Let's say you're in a church and you see a lot of young families. Wow, a lot of young families with kids. Great. You know what? They could really use like a youth group or something. We don't have a youth group. Someone else really ought to take care of that. (laughs) Or you call the front office and you say, you know what I noticed? Someone really needs to take care of this. Rather than, do you think for a moment that God did something for you to notice? That God had a burning bush in your life? He wanted to bring attention to something saying, hey, I have a need and I'm calling you to come and serve, for you to come and fill it. Just for a moment. God calls things in particular, passions and and things like this, for us to notice, so then we can be called to go and to act. God hears the need, and he's there to fill it through you. Kind of a quick story. As you know, or if you don't know, I was a professional ballroom dance teacher for a long time. You don't kind of like grow up with that dream, or at least I didn't. It was kind of unexpected. And here's how it was unexpected. Is had a great career, loved what I was doing. My wife and I get married. We take a few dance lessons together before our wedding because we do kind of, we did like an epic wedding dance. with. I was in the circus, she was a dancer, so we did lifts, all sorts of cool stuff. But what I learned in that process is a little bit how incompetent I was in being able to dance with her. She was many years a dance instructor, and I'm like, man, you know, I just want to be able to dance with my wife and, and not have it be boring. So I'm like, you know, her, her boss calls me a couple days later for an, an underlying motive, which I'm sure you figured out what that was. <laughs> I'm going to hire this guy and make him a dance teacher. But he calls me, and I'm like, you know, I'd just like to be able to dance with my wife. And he says, well, great. 
you know, why don't you come in since you're Samantha's husband, we'll let you take some lessons for free. Uh, right? For free. So I go in and I start taking lessons. And before you know it, a couple weeks later, I've changed careers completely and I'm a dance teacher. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> what God, the burning bush in my life at that point was, I just want to be able to dance with my wife. I want to be able to share in that with her. I don't want, I don't want to be, you know, while well, I have all these other people to dance with, you're the boring husband. I'm like, I don't want to be the boring husband. Um, something else brought it to my attention. But through that, here's what's amazing. So I'm a dance teacher. My very first, they don't expect you to really do well teaching your first lesson. Uh, and I, I, I will tell you, honestly, I didn't do a great job. It was too long, and I stumbled over words, and I barely knew what I was doing at that point. But it's our first dance lesson. And this couple, they, I'm like, okay, well, they're not coming back. And you'll never guess what. They came back. They came back a lot. And I'm like, I, don't, I barely knew what to do for this lesson. What do I do next week when you come back? <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to do. So you kind of trained with them. And this couple was very quiet and, and, and didn't talk, hardly smiled, didn't laugh at any of my jokes. Can you believe that? <laughs> oh, I know why you're laughing. Um, but didn't laugh at any of my jokes. And I'm like, man, this is tough. But you know what? They took lessons with me from the time I started all the way till I was done there. And I'm like, man, you know, for years. And it wasn't until about, you know, like 10 months in, they started smiling and laughing. And it wasn't until two years later when, um, uh, his, let's name him Dave. Uh, Dave is there and he says, you know, they come for lessons like, hey, next week we won't have a lesson because we're going to go on a, a cruise together for our anniversary. And I'm like, awesome, that's great. Uh, have a good time. He's like, yeah, we're really celebrating this one. I'm like, you know, I'm young. I'm like, you should celebrate every anniversary. And he's like, this one's really special because two years ago, when we came here for our first dance lesson, we had divorce papers on the table, waiting at home. And it was next to a newspaper. And he's an elder in his church. And he's like, we were just praying, how are we going to make this work? And we went, I don't know. Let's try a dance lesson. So we came in, and we couldn't believe what it was like, learning something together, growing together, being with each other. And, you know, Chris, we prayed for so long on what we were going to do, and God gave us you, you saved our marriage. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> glad you didn't tell me that day one. <laughs> what a wet my chair <laughs> trying to figure out what was going to happen. But it was that moment I'm like, I just wanted to learn to dance with my wife. I wasn't here to save your marriage. And it was that moment, that was my burning bush that led to a need that someone else called out to God for. You'd be amazed in the things that you don't know in the way people have prayed and how God uses a burning bush to catch your attention to say, I have a need and these people need, I'm going to serve that need through you to these people. Another very, and, and I have so many stories like that. I could tell you an hour worth of these kind of stories here. Another very quick one is I had, I had an older lady and uh, she, she was in her 80s and her husband had died. And her very traditional um, I want to say like culture. She was originally from Vienna. What she did is for an entire year, never left her house. Never left her house. Had groceries delivered, food delivered, never left her house for an entire year. Do you know what she did day one out of the house at like two in the afternoon? She came for a dance lesson. And I'll tell you this, she was terrible. <laughs> she was one of the hardest First dance lessons I've ever had. I'm like, oh, this is brutal. I've never been to the point where I'm like, this is, this is brutal. And I'm like, all right. And I just made it as friendly and as nice as I could. And I'm literally like picking her up and moving her. And, and you know what happened? <laughs> she came back 
for many years came back and did competitions, did shows, all these things. And she's just like, I, I didn't know where to go. And I didn't know what to do. And I prayed that when I left the house that first day that I would find something to help find who I am again. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're an answer to prayer. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I did this because I wanted to learn how to dance with my wife. That was my burning bush. I'm not saving, I'm saving marriages and, and, being, and dancing with widows. Like, what's going on? And that was really one of those big pursuits and pushes that really pushed me into ministry. That, that her right there was one of those big, those big things that moved me. And I say that all again because God will have you notice the need. It may not be exactly what you thought it was. But God calls you. He has you notice a need and he wants to fill that need through you. I'm upside down and everything here. Give me a second. Good. In those moments when you notice that need, notice that God is working through you redeemed, right? He calls Moses because he heard the need of the Israelites to go and save his people. In the same sense, when we needed a Savior, God sent his one and only Son for us to work through him salvation for us. And then we hear Jesus giving us that same command. Go, I will work through you. We hear it here in Ephesians, right? In and through you. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. I will work in you and through you for those burning bushes in your life that I notice, that I have you take notice, and I will call you to serve a need. Number two is this. We say... After all that, you know, that epic story, we say, God, I know you want me to do this. I've noticed the, the bush, and the bush said things to me. Um, but I, I just can't right now. You know, I just can't. But God says, with me, you can. Because maybe you notice this need, and the first thing that we say is, well, you know, I can't. I really don't have the time. You know, I don't really have the training. I, you know, a youth group, I'm, I'm way out of the youth range. I don't know what a youth group is. I don't know how to serve there. I don't know how to serve here. I don't know how to serve these people or a food pantry. I, Lord, come on. That must be a mistake. And that's what Moses says. <laughs> Lord, this must be a mistake. I don't know if you know who you're talking to. And the focus on a lot of those statements is I. Lord, I can't do this. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't have the training. I don't know what you're talking about calling me rather than you. Lord, you brought me here. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Lord, I don't know why. And a lot of my prayer time, my private prayer time goes like that. When I kind of go over my week in my head, I said, Lord, you brought this name to mind. Lord, you brought these people before me this week. Lord, you had me notice this. Why? Why are you calling me to this? Because, you know... If you know a lot about my story, my career path as a high school student pastor was not even on a chart. It wasn't even on the sheet. Of, they wouldn't give me that sheet of paper probably when I was in high school. They're like, don't let them know that career exists. <laughs> we need to save the people. <laughs> it's better now. <laughs> Redeemed in Christ, right? And I say that because you don't know, like, Lord, it's not, a, it's not about I. It's about you. Lord, I'm raising children. Lord, I, I, you made me, why am I paying attention to my marriage now? Why my kids? Lord, why my job? Why this guidance? Lord, why, why did you put me here? That's where we read in Exodus chapter 3. It starts at verse 11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God replies, I will be with you. Love it when we start worship, when I say, The Lord be with you, and you say, Thank you. And I like to hear that because it's not a request. I'm not saying like, man, you need the Lord. <laughs> Lord be with you, please, right? It's not that. It's a reminder. The Lord is with you. 
When he says to Moses, I will be with you. When Jesus says in Matthew 28, right, that great commission, he says, I will be with you always till the end of the age. After he's given this great command, I will be with you always till the end of the age. Ryan did a really great job of this in chapel this week. He talked about the separation that we had from God with the temple veil, right? The way it was set up, the Holy of Holies was back here. When the sky grows dark, right? And that curtain, by the way, my temple veil, that's why it's not called like curtains because you think of like your bedroom curtains. I tell people, feel the fabric of your shirt and how thick that is. It's not very. The temple veil was 60 feet high, 30 feet wide, and they say as thick as a man's hand. That's some thick fabric, it would take 300 people to change that, that veil when it was time to change it. Big, heavy fabric. And after all that, the sky, the sky grows dark when Jesus is crucified and he dies. And what happens? It rips in half. It's torn from top to bottom. And not because it was old. It's because it was showing you the presence of God is now with his people. He's no longer separate. When he says, I am with you, Moses, he means it. I'm with you. When Jesus says, I'm with you always to the end of the age, it's that the mission for the people of God was coming. And he says, hey, you're not doing it alone. The veil is torn. It's no longer separate. I am with you. And even when we hear that, it says, hey, God says, all right, I'm, I'm, here's, my, here's the burning bush telling you what to do. I've given you notice of something. I've given you a call. And I'm with you always. So, so don't give me the No. But then we always go with the, but God, right? I have this whiny voice in my head when I, when I hear it. I don't want to be too annoying or people will leave, right? But God, we say but, and God says, just trust me. We say but, and God says, trust me. So he tells Moses what to do, and Moses says, okay, God, I got it. But what if the people won't believe me? They just won't believe me. They won't believe what you said. God says, don't worry, Moses, I've got you, I've got you. Check out, check this, see your staff, throw it on the ground. Bam, it's a snake, right? Now pick it back up. Bam, it's a staff. There's thing number one. You show that to people, they'll say God's with you. All right, that doesn't work, no problem. Check this out. Put your hand in your, in your cloak, take it out. Bam, you got leprosy. Ah, take it, put it back in. Bam, it's healed. There's another sign. Is that good? It's like a game show. But don't worry, God says, there's more. Go to the river, go to the Nile, take the water out, throw it on the sand. Bam, you got blood, right? So I've given you another sign. Not only that, you know my name. I've given you my name. I am with you. Just tell them that I am the I am. And if that's still not enough, you have this story. You have this testimony of how God has spoken to you to go and save his people. It's funny, you read Exodus, and we always read it from this narrator perspective. Do you think someone was like standing there watching it and like writing it down? Is it happening? There's a burning bush over there. Oh, did you hear what Moses said? Moses wrote the first five books that we have in the Old Testament. In that section of Exodus, it's the testimony of Moses. It's his story of his interaction with God and the mission that God gave him to go and do. The way that God worked through him. So he has all this, Right? All these things. And do you know what Moses says after that? But God, but God, still, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, and uh, neither in the past nor when speaking to you. I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. And what does he say? Moses, I got you. Don't worry. I know you feel like that, but I will put my words in your mouth. Because who made man's mouth? It was me. Who even made speech? It was me. 
I will give you my words to say. Don't worry about your words. Don't worry about your words. I've given you signs. I am with you always. He is just eliminating all the excuses Moses has. And when all the excuses are resolved, what does Moses say? Lord, pardon your servant. Please send someone else. My mama was talking to me and gave me something to do. And I said, pardon me, mom. Please send someone else. What do you think her reaction would be? (laughs) God gets mad. God gets mad and my mama would get mad. But God gets mad. And here's the thing. Even when all the excuses are eliminated and brushed aside, instead of stepping up, Moses steps back. And that speaks to the heart of, to me, it's happened to me. When even when all the excuses are eliminated and everything's brushed clean and I feel the call on my heart to go and do something, I often step back rather than wanting to step up. And to give Moses, let's say, a little benefit of the doubt here, Moses' doubt wasn't necessarily in God, it was in himself. you got to think, 40 years ago, he tried to help somebody out and he killed a guy and has now been a shepherd for 40 years. He's messed up. His confidence has been dinged down quite a few notches. And the same things happens with us, right? When we, we tend to, when all the excuses have been away, with our failures, we see the need and fail to fill it because we fear to fail. We see the need and we fail to fill it because we fear to fail. And that's where Moses is right now in this internal struggle that he's having after these 40 years. He says, God, I'd prefer not. And God gets angry. And when I, when I read into this, God being angry, is it just listen to me? It's not that. What God's upset about is he's angry at the lack of faith. You know, I want your faith to be better. I want you to use your faith. He's angry at the lack of faith. I've talked to you through a burning bush. I've chosen you. I've given you a snake sap. I've given you a leprosy hand. I've given you water blood. I've given you all these things, yet you still doubt me. That's where God's anger comes into place. You know, one of my favorite readings, and I've, I probably used it like, I don't know, like in the past, like five sermons maybe even. It's John 15, and it's when Jesus says this, Behold, you did not choose me. I chose you, that you should go out and bear fruit. And by going out and bear fruit, he's making good works for the sake of your neighbor. You did not choose me. Just a reminder, I chose you, that you should go out and bear fruit. That I will work through you for the sake of your neighbor. I need that reminder, that confidence boost, that God chose me. The the guy that didn't get the career paper that had pastor on it for some reason. Right? To be here before you today. I have to have confidence because, man, that can be shaking. If all I'm relying on is my own self, I need to remind myself, hey, God chose you to be here. Take confidence in His choice, even if you're not confident in yourself. Confidence in God's choice in you, rather than confidence in just yourself. For this, and this is kind of my closing point here, in order to kind of remind yourself of that, there's two things. We call it one of my favorite like, theological points to teach on. We have God's objective work for us, God's objective work, sorry, and subjective work in us. Right? Objective work is everything we read in the Bible, what God did for us, right? all the promises of Jesus, everything Christ did. You only hear about the promises of Christ in, in Scripture. That's all we get when it comes to God's objective promises. What He did for us is here in Scripture. 
What he does in us is over here. That's the subjective work of God. There's nothing in the Bible about God coming to Chris Simmons, you know, in, when he was in his 20s in a movie theater saying, hey, I'm going to tell you the story of Jesus. I don't read that anywhere. If you see that page, let me know. But there's all these parts about how God works in us is subjective because he works through us and in us differently, but he works for us all the same way. So realize your burning bush is going to be unique. It's going to look a little different than my burning bush. God will call you to notice something different than me because he works in us differently, although he works for us all the same. So as we close today, if we could uh, recite our scripture verse for the year, Isaiah 43. Hear this, if you could repeat after me. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You hear it with Moses. He says, Moses, fear not. I am here. I'm coming to redeem my people. You are one of my people. And I'm calling you by name, Moses, Moses, to send you out to do my work because you are mine. And then we hear it through Jesus. When Jesus tells us his words, fear not, for I, Jesus Christ, have redeemed you. I call you by name to go and do my work because I chose you to go and bear fruit. And never fear, because you are mine. To him be that glory, now and forever. Amen. If you have any questions or comments, email them to podcast at gracepocatello.org. And make sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on sermons and classes at Grace Lutheran Church in Pocatello, Idaho. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go.